Welcome to Intentionality with me, Paul Kempf, where we explore the possibilities and opportunities that can be created by a more intentional life. If you like what you hear, if you find value in the content and feel moved to do so, please hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. If you love this podcast and or believe it is something that can make a difference in the life of someone you know, someone you care about, please share it with them, share it with the world so that we can reach more people and impact more lives. This is episode nine. The title of today's episode is An Introduction to Financial Planning, Part 3. But the subtitle is maybe a better description of what I want to discuss in this episode. Understanding the Basics of Investment Planning and Retirement Planning, A Path to Financial Freedom. Again, like in the previous two episodes, it's necessary for a quick reminder of the disclosure for compliance purposes. I work for the FFG Group of Companies, and we are, reg- we are registered financial services providers. In Episode 7, we started exploring the basics of financial planning with a brief introduction. In Episode 8, we looked at wills and the roles, role of insurance in risk management for you and your family. This week, we will end off the financial planning introduction of this podcast with a brief description of the basics of investment and retirement planning, and the role it plays in your financial life plan. This is a slightly more difficult topic on a podcast than, for instance, on a YouTube video, because we do not have the assistance of graphs and slides and tables and numbers. But let's give it a try. What do the words financial freedom mean to you? Does it mean financial independence? Does it mean being wealthy? What does wealthy look like for you? Is the flashy car, a bigger house, better holidays? Maybe if you look at being wealthy or at wealth through the lens of financial freedom, it will look a little bit different for you. Maybe if you look at wealth through the lens of financial freedom, you will think about it differently. I believe Uh, the best way to sum up financial freedom would be the following definition. A person who earns their income solely from their assets. Wealthy people put assets in place and invest in assets to earn their money. It's important that you set a goal for yourself to get to a point in your life where you start accumulating assets so that you can have financial control so that you can start earning an income from assets and that you can eventually stop working. That is always why I say retiring has nothing to do with your age, but everything to do with the size of your assets and the cost of living. Now, I've got a table that I want to explain to you, a bit difficult if you're just listening to my voice, but let's see how this is going to work. The table on the top left-hand side has got, in the first column, Income generated from assets. Now, let's assume at the start, the income generated from assets is zero. The situation for a lot of people out there. The second column is your income from work. And let's assume a number of 20,000. 
The third column is your expenses, where your expenses is also 20,000 rand. So what is your level of freedom, financial freedom? Taking into account financial freedom is earning an income generated from assets. Because your income generated from assets in this example is zero, your level of financial freedom is zero. Now, in the second row of this table, our income increases from 20,000 to 22,000 rand. But as I've told you in previous episodes, what a lot of us does is when our income increases, our expenses increases by the same margin. So in this example, the income goes from 20 to 22,000. The expenses goes from 20 to 22,000 rand. And despite the fact that you're now earning more money, your financial freedom percentage is still zero. Now let's look at a third example. In this third example, you start earning an income from assets and your income generated by assets is, for example, 2,000 rand. Your income from your work, your salary that you earn is 20,000 rand and your expenses is 22,000 rand. Now, important to understand, even though you're earning an income from generated from assets, your financial freedom is still zero because all the money you're earning from your income from a job and all the money you're earning from an income generated from assets goes to expenses. Now we look at um, scenario number four, where your income generated from assets is 2,000 rand, your income generated from work is 20,000 rand, and your income from your uh, and your expenses is 20,000 rand. In this case, the additional income you're generating from assets, 2,000 rand, is not being spent on expenses. And this is where financial freedom starts. And in this case, your financial freedom is 10%. You getting the picture? The last part of the scenario is where your income generated from assets is 20,000 and your expenses is 20,000. And in this case, your level of financial freedom is 100% because 100% of your expenses is covered by income generated from assets. So being wealthy, being financially free is really about making the right decisions. The real question here is what do you do with your money when you are fortunate enough to have more money, more income than expenses? And this is where investments and building wealth comes in, and why it is important for us to discuss the basics of financial planning, or sorry, and that is why it is important for us to discuss the basics of investment planning. The question that I've asked before uh, applies to the question of investment planning as well. Do you do it yourself or use an advisor? It obviously depends on the complexity of the investments you want to make, but also your own level of knowledge and experience. It could be a very dangerous territory to play around in, especially if you don't know what you're doing. Of course, AI looks like it will be playing a role in this uh, arena in the future. For now, I think it's necessary that we look at both the traditional way of doing investment planning through an advisor, but also the way in which AI can enhance that advice, enhance that function, how AI can help us in the future when it comes to investment planning. Certainly, it's something that we are looking at uh, embracing in our business. But more important than any of this 
is the issue of diversification. That still remains the single most important way of managing risk when it comes to an investment portfolio. Diversification in all aspects. Firstly, diversification in terms of the type of instruments and asset classes you use when you invest. Instruments like pension funds, retirement annuities, preservation funds, investment accounts, unit trusts, endowment policies, shares, property, business, gold, crypto, art, it can be anything. Secondly, asset classes, equity, um, that's shares, um, property, uh, cash, bonds, um, hedge funds, uh, private equity, alternative instruments. There's so many different asset classes that you can invest in. It's important that you apply diversification when it comes to your investment portfolio. Some other important considerations when deciding where to invest are things like the term of your investment, how long do you want to invest, and then what level of volatility are you prepared to take? Are you comfortable with a roller coaster ride when it comes to your investments? Or do you want a smoother ride? What is your risk appetite when it comes to investments? Other important considerations include income tax implications, costs you pay, and investor behavior. Let's look more closely at those three considerations. Firstly, income tax when considering investing. Income tax does, to a large extent, determine the order or priority in which you should be investing. It's important that we understand in South Africa, we have certain instruments that we can invest in where contributions are tax deductible. Any investment into these retirement instruments, like a pension fund or a retirement annuity, are tax deductible up to 27.5% of your taxable income with a maximum of 350,000 Rand per year. And the second important tax consideration here is that all growth in these retirement instruments are tax-free, which means you do not pay tax on interest or any capital gains tax on growth. It is important to understand that there are certain tax consequences when you withdraw from these retirement instruments or start earning a pension income when you retire out of these instruments. It's also important to understand that it's not often that SARS gives you something for free. It's important that you make use of it. You need to make sure that you're making optimal use of the income tax advantages that is being offered when you are making investments. And under circumstances, and this is a very controversial statement, so I'm going to um, repeat it. Under certain circumstances, it might even be better than paying off debt to invest in some of these instruments where you do get a tax benefit. Now, it's important that you take that recommendation under advisement because it really depends on your personal circumstances whether that does make sense. And I do want to uh, implore you to speak to a qualified financial advisor when it comes to making decisions like that. You also have things like endowment policies, which are generally seen as an instrument where you have tax-free growth. That is not quite the case. It's just that endowment policies are taxed inside the policy and could potentially mean you are paying less income tax than in other types of instruments. 
There are also instruments called tax-free investments in South Africa, where you also don't pay tax on any interest or capital gains tax. But it is important to understand that these instruments, the contributions are made with after-tax funds. So there is no benefit from a tax point of view or a tax deduction in terms of the contributions. The other shortcoming of a tax-free investment is that you can only invest a maximum of 36,000 Rand per annum and a lifetime maximum of 500,000 Rand. Now, to sum this up, when we talk about income tax considerations and how it determines the order of investing, here's my order of investing that I would recommend you consider. First, start with a pension fund, then a retirement annuity, then tax-free savings investments, then investment accounts, then property, then offshore investment accounts, endowment policies, share portfolios, ending off at cryptos, and other high-risk alternative investments. The next consideration that we need to look at is the cost of investing. And make no mistake, costs matter big time. Especially in lower return environments that we've seen a couple of times over the last two decades. When your returns are lower, your costs matter more. And there is a bigger focus on the cost of investing. This is a complex environment, and comparisons are sometimes very difficult to do. That's because the basis of determination of cost differs when comparing, for example, individual type of instruments with group instruments. Some investments, the costs are set as a percentage of contributions. In others, it's a percentage of salary, and in others, it's a percentage of assets under management. And these different costs are not only difficult to compare, but they also differ, they also matter differently at different times for different people. But a proper comparison showing the cost effect in an investment over time is crucial. And that's why I believe, again, it is necessary for you to have somebody that has the expertise with investments to be able to um, advise you on the different ways in which these costs impact your investment. To end off on the cost subject, there's three costs that you need to consider when you start investing. The first is a platform or administration fee, where in our opinion, paying anything more than 0.5% per annum of the assets under management is excessive. The second is an investment management fee, where you should try to pay in the region of about 1.5% of assets under management per annum, or less. And the third one is the advice fee that is paid to the financial advisor. Now, here it depends a lot on the investment amount that you are investing. Obviously, the higher the investment amount, the lower the fees should be as a percentage of the investment amount. And it's important to understand that here an upfront fee can be charged as well as an ongoing fee. And in our opinion, anything more than a 1% upfront fee is excessive and anything more than a 1% ongoing fee is excessive. And it's important to look at a combination of these two advice fees when considering a new investment. More importantly, you need to ensure that you're getting value for money when you are investing and that the costs that you are paying does make sense to you. In future episodes, I hope to be able to spend some time on ideas like passive index investing, which obviously costs a lot less money, things like alternative instruments and hedge funds, 
which costs a lot more money, but can help you in diversifying your portfolio. The important thing here is that the cost of making a mistake when you do it yourself has to be weighed up against the cost of getting help. And the biggest mistake that I see people making, that I see clients making when it comes to investing, is focusing too much on costs and performance, but investing then too conservatively over time, too conservatively over time, and panicking when things go wrong. Now, one of my favorite graphs, which I can't show you now, but we will try and put it on the channel, is a graph around investor behavior, which perfectly sums up this mistake that a lot of people make when it comes to investments. So when you think of any investment, the graph starts with optimism. People are optimistic about an investment. That optimism turns to excitement. That excitement turns to thrill. That thrill leads us to a point of euphoria where everybody is so happy with this investment at the market that more and more people start investing. The unfortunate thing is that point of euphoria is usually the point of maximum financial risk for that asset. And because investment markets move in cycles, often the next step is for that investment to start falling in value. We then go through different uh, emotions as investors. Anxiety, denial, fear, desperation, panic, capitulation, and despondency, ending up in a depressed state. And this is usually the point where we say, this investment is not for me. This is not something that I want to be invested in. I have lost enough money. And investors tend to climb out of investments at that point. The sad thing is, this is usually the turnaround point. This is usually the point of maximum financial opportunity. And that's where the cycle starts again, turning from depression to hope to relief to optimism. And the entire cycle starts again. Go and have a look at it if we put it up on the channel. So next week is the 10th and last episode of the money part of Intentionality with Paul Kempf. And it is probably the most important episode of the 10. I'm going to be talking about the important role of delayed gratification and sacrifice in managing your finances. So please, don't miss it. Don't forget to tune in. Enough for this episode. Only time left for my recommendation or tip of the week that has nothing to do with money or your finances. I've not given you a book recommendation in a while. This one is a necessary but difficult recommendation. Difficult because it is one of those books that everyone always recommends you should read in your life. But I need to reluctantly admit I did not enjoy this book. In fact, I found it incredibly hard to read. It's a very short book. It's not because it's a long book. But in my opinion, a difficult read and not a pleasant read. So why on earth would I recommend a book to you that is not pleasant or easy to read? It's because it contains one of the most powerful quotes ever written. One that I try and live my life by. And therefore, I do want to share it with you. And I do want to recommend that you try and read this book. The book is called Man's Search for Meaning. The author is Viktor Frankl. And my favorite quote from this book is a great way to end this episode.
everything can be taken from man. But one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances. A lot of intentionality, if you think about it, around that quote as well. A quick thank you to the FFG Group for the valuable support of this podcast. We are optimistic and hopeful that this podcast will grow over time into something substantial and meaningful, and that this journey together can create lasting memories. Should you want to get hold of me, send me an email. The address is paul at intentionality with paulkempf.co.za, or contact me through the channel that you are listening on. I would love to hear from you. Congratulations on making the choice to live a more intentional life, to be the architect of your own success, and to achieve more in your life. I'm looking forward to sharing the next episode of Intentionality with Paul Kemp with you next week. And may the rest of your week be an amazing intentional adventure.